three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. I hope you're having a great week so far. Got a review here for The Tomorrow War, which is directed by Chris McKay. You know him from directing some episodes of Robot Chicken. He also went ahead and directed episodes of uh, Moral uh, Oral, uh, that old uh, Adult Swim show, which... I never was a huge fan of, but I know a lot of people who really freaking love that show. And he apparently is directing a Johnny Quest movie, which I wasn't aware of, but that's awesome. And he was also going to direct that Nightwing movie, but, you know, uh, DC pulled that. Uh, And the big thing, he directed the Lego Batman movie, which is maybe my third or fourth favorite Batman film ever. I Fucking love Lego Batman movie. But, okay, so we need to have this conversation. So Amazon went ahead and, you know, distributed, produced a Borat subsequent movie film. That got them a couple Oscar nominations, as well as should have. Uh, Maria Bakova should have won. I don't care what anyone says. Here's the thing that's frustrating. Without remorse, I thought it was just bland. But I really felt that, Michael B. Jordan, God bless him, was trying in that film. And then I really liked, uh, uh, um, uh, oh God, I'm, uh, the, the chick from Queen Slim, whose name I'm completely blanking on right now. And I really liked Guy Pierce in it. But here's the issue with this movie. My God, I was bored to fucking tears watching this film. And it's almost impressive because this has time travel it has aliens, it has shooting. It should be really everything I would want, but the problem is the script just sucks. The writer of the script is uh, Zach Dean. Uh, Zach Dean has really written nothing I've heard of. He wrote a movie called 24 24 Hours to Live in 2017. Um, Yeah, really hasn't written anything that, uh, that I'm aware of. And This is just, this is a boring-ass movie. And I think we need to have this conversation about Chris Pratt. Yes, he is Star-Lord, and he's, uh, what's his character's name, Uh, Owen, in the uh, Jurassic Park films. But once this new Jurassic Park film is over, which is supposed to supposedly be the end of, you know, that trilogy of films, which, thank God, because I think they have... I know the Jurassic Park films are making money, but I just, I've been so underwhelmed by those films as well and then we look at uh guardians of the galaxy films uh he's great in those but again you have someone you know brilliant and james gunn writing and directing those and outside of that with pratt it really feels that when he's doing stuff especially sci-fi because the other big sci-fi film that he did was uh was uh passengers with jennifer lawrence and that is a really bad movie so, I, I don't know. I, I think we need to start having the conversation of, is Chris Pratt going to be an actor who's good enough to do stuff that aren't franchises? Because 
I, I don't think he is. And sci-fi might be the genre he needs to stay away from <laughs> unless he's doing Jurassic Park or Guardians because uh, Chris Pratt in this film, he goes ahead and plays a Dan Forster who is a former, uh, uh, formerly served in the army, is now a high school biology teacher. And I think the thing from Jump that really bothers me about this movie is that they're acting like Dan's life is so shitty. He's teaching high school biology, but if you look at his house, they're doing fine. Him and his wife, they're doing very well for themselves. Uh, Emmy Forster, played by uh, Betty uh, Gilpin, who I recognize, well, my point of reference from her is uh, Nurse Jackie, because I adored her on that show. But she was on Glow, and Glow is such an underrated show. I'm very sad I didn't get another season, and even though I didn't review it for the channel... I thought The Hunt was good. I really enjoyed her in The Hunt. So I, I just, it's a shame because she's in this and she's just given this thankless part to be his partner and just be the supportive wife. That's really all she she gets to do. And her and Pratt just do not have chemistry. And to be honest, I don't even put on her because when he inevitably, of course, gets drafted, she goes ahead, she's really the one putting all the emotion to, you know, we need to run, we need to get out of here, even though he has this giant tracker on his arm. She she feels the desperation of him leaving and him most likely dying and not coming home. And she's really selling that bit of the scene. And Pratt just, the thing I think that I found really surprising about this film is that I think this is something Frank Grillo could have done. And I don't mean that in a, you know, like a backhanded way or anything. But I think Frank Grillo, even after seeing him after uh, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, I think he could have brought kind of that tough guy gravitas to, to this movie. If the script was better, I think John Bernthal would have nailed this fucking role, personally. But Chris Pratt, God bless him, I just don't think he has the depth, at least not this time uh, currently in his career. Maybe he, maybe it's something he grows into, honestly. But as a leading man, he did not have the the range of emotions that he needed to to hit these different story beats. His dad is played by a fucking jacked J.K. Simmons, by the way. He plays James Forster. And the thing that I, the, the big scene for me that I kind of went, yep, I really kind of hate this movie, is there's this point where James, uh, James is talking to Dan. Dan goes to him to go ahead and help him get the tracker off so that him and his family can run because James is able to do shit like that. And they have this conversation. And the thing that I found sad about it is that James gives this response to Dan because Dan's always hated him because James wasn't around for him when he was a kid and him and his mom got divorced. And James gives this, James gives this explanation about, look, I was messed up in Vietnam and I didn't know how to let your mom be there for me. I didn't know how to be there for myself. And I'm paraphrasing, but he talks about being in this dark pit that he just couldn't climb out of. And while, you know, you hate me for not being there for you, it would have been worse if you'd seen how I was with your mother and how I could have been with you. And I went, you know what? That is a incredibly human explanation and yes it sucks that he left and terrible that he left 
but it is an actual explanation that he gives him and not an excuse. And I went, wow, that's really powerful. And the script immediately right after that goes, well, no, that's not why. It's because you're you quit because you're a coward. And I went, wow, you're a fucking asshole, Dan, because you're saying that James's his feelings, his mental health, his mental state doesn't matter. And he and Dan flat out goes, you'll never get to meet your granddaughter. I went, wow, God damn, dude. The thing is, Dan is incredibly unlikable. And by the end of the film, while, you know, of course, him and him and his dad, of course, have to have their, you know, you know, reconciliation. It doesn't feel earned at all. It doesn't feel like Dan has really evolved as a character, even though there are these incredible things that are happening around him that I went, if you're going through this, I would think this would change your perspective and help you, in theory, have you grow up a little bit. And the movie goes, no, we're we're, we're good. There are two characters in particular here. There's one uh, played by uh, Mike Mitchell, who plays uh, Cohen. He's one of the people we meet who gets uh, drafted you know him most likely from uh, playing randy on that netflix show love and then uh, uh mary lynn uh i'm gonna butcher this i'm sorry R- uh, roscoe who goes ahead and plays nora you know her from uh little miss sunshine you know her as chloe from 24 most likely uh and if you haven't seen it her as bridget and safety not guaranteed which is a great movie but they're in this movie, and I really like their characters. I really like Nora and Cohen. Problem is that a lot of the stuff that I thought, oh, this could be something, there's just there's not enough of it. We don't really get to know anyone enough in this movie for me to care. And at the end of the day, this feels like a slightly more, I don't want to say tr- slightly more ambitious, but it's a film that's taking itself more seriously. It's It's really transformers type writing where it just feels like they're throwing a bunch of shit at the wall and going well it doesn't really matter how we connect shit because it's sci-fi and shut up as much shit as i've talked over the years about skyline or uh battle los angeles i'd rather watch both of those by far than ever watch this again uh, the creature design it, it's so weird i've said i found uh i was looking through some reviews because I was just curious, and the general consensus is that this is not good, which is which makes me happy, because this is not a good movie at all, but I definitely had read some reviews where I go, wow, you like this? Really? I, why do you like this? And one of the things that I have weirdly seen across the board has been the creature design. Some people really like the creature design of, of the uh, uh, white stakes, and I will say myself... I thought the creature design, uh, white spikes, pardon me, and the white spike design, I thought they looked like shit. I thought they looked terrible. The spike effect, I think, is kind of cool, but as far as when the camera actually lingers on the aliens and shows them, I really wish the the film would have played this out, I think, a little longer, uh, more akin to something like, uh, oh my gosh, like uh, Cloverfield. Or I, I really wish they would have kind of played the creatures more like that. Maybe show the creatures attack from shadow. You know, you see the, uh, you know, soldier look up and they see, you know, you see the shadow attack them. I really wish they would have kept the creatures more in, in the shadow and the shadows in that sense, because maybe it would have been better as far as maybe they would have had a little more money to put in these effects because 
I thought the creature design on this was absolutely terrible. And the fact, the other thing is, too, that our government apparently just really could give a fuck about Americans getting killed overseas, which now that I say it out loud. But but what's so insane about it is that you find out that these creatures can fly, right? You would think that in mission briefings, they would be laying out as much shit as possible for you to be successful against these white spikes. And it feels like they basically go, yep, here's a gun. Uh, here's a little training. All right, uh, you know, off you go. Well, what do they look like? Oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, you'll know when you see them. Oh, well, what can they do? Do they have any special attacks? Uh, it doesn't matter. Just go. And I'm just sitting here going, all right, well, you're clearly setting up all these people just fucking die. You clearly don't want to win this war if we're this inefficient. And then <laughs> the big thing for me uh, about time travel, because I'm sitting here thinking, all right, so this war takes place uh, 30 years in the future, uh, 20, uh, 2051. So we basically have uh, invented, we've invented time travel. So we can go from 20. 51 back to 2022 or vice versa, but we can't go anywhere else between that time. And so when someone, I think it's Nora actually even asks, uh, why can't we? The the movie just goes, oh, it doesn't matter. They, they just, they basically just brush it aside. Um, they just, they just throw away this absurd. And I mean this absurd explanation. They just go, oh, the jump link that technology that we're using, it's held together with chicken uh, with chicken wire and chewing gum. You know, we barely are able to go ahead and create this rudimentary wormhole that you're able to jump through. And so my next follow-up question would be, um, why is our government so inefficient that you're going to send us through, you know, faulty tech that could go ahead and potentially kill us? And that scene that you see in the trailer where Dan, or Chris Pratt's character, Dan, falls into that pool and all the, uh, you know, all the people falling from the sky. That's the warrior. That's the soldiers that they're sending to fight these white spikes. And the, basically the issue is that the, the output, you hear one of the techs say something's wrong with the output. And you don't hear any screaming or, oh shit, should we stop this or anything like that? They just leave it. They just let it go. And so a bunch of people, a bunch of soldiers just end up falling to their deaths. I went, Okay, are we not going to talk about that? And the movie just brushes it off. And it, it's it's so frustrating because there's stuff like that that happens over and over that I just went, all right, that's really stupid. That doesn't make any sense at all. I understand the situation is dire because we're talking about how in 11 months that humanity will be wiped off the map completely. And yet it doesn't seem like there's any sense of urgency to get these people trained so that we can actually win the fucking war. It doesn't make any sense. And I'll be honest, I could go off more about this, but to be honest, I don't want to give this movie any more of my time as far as talking about it. So I'm just going to get, going to, get to my final thoughts. As far as I'm concerned, there's even a point where they say, uh, you know, I am going to bring her up. I'm going to bring up uh, Yvonne. Uh, I always forgot you said I always forgot you say her name, but uh, Sarah from Chuck, uh, Yvonne uh, Strahovski, who plays a uh, 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 colonel in this movie. So if you watch the final trailer, you can probably guess the twist that's in this movie. And when the twist is presented, I went, give me a fucking break. I actually said that out loud. I went, 
really that's that is what you're gonna go with here and it's just one of those things i went god damn it this is frustrating to me um i should care more about these characters i really should and the movie just doesn't have a strong enough script for me to give a damn and the more that this film went on the more frustrated i got this is over two hours it's like i think it's like two hours ten minutes and that is too long for this. This could have been an hour 50. Easy. But for some reason, they wanted to make this over two hours, which just makes me all the more upset. I will... Yeah, this is two hours 20 minutes, which is fucking absurd. This could have been two hours at least. And I, I just don't understand how this film went so wrong. And I don't know how Chris Pratt read the script and went, yep, totally, totally works for me. I thought this was bad. I thought this was flat out bad, and I don't want a sequel, but it sounds like we're getting one, which is really fucking depressing, because this film does not deserve a sequel. Um, at the end of the day, the more I think about it, the more frustrated I got. I watched this a week ago, and just even kind of recounting it here, I'm thinking, fuck, I didn't like the action. The characters didn't hit for me. I don't like the main character, our hero, I don't feel, I don't, I'm not cheering him on at all. There's just plot points where they just throw in and go, well, you know, that, you know, that's just how it is. Well, why is this how it is? Oh, shut up. Don't think about it. The the one scene in this movie I will give the movie credit for is uh, Yvonne uh, Strahovski has this one scene where she's talking to Chris Pratt about uh, something that occurs as far as something that just made her cry. And, that scene, she she acts her ass off in that scene. That's a really well done scene. It's the one scene I actually kind of sat up in my chair for and went, oh, that was really good. And uh, Sam Richardson, he plays Charlie. You know him most likely uh, as uh, Richard uh, from Veep. I, I really, I really liked him on Veep. And I haven't reviewed uh, this film with him yet, but he did this movie called Werewolves Within. Spoiler alert, I enjoyed it. So I really like Sam Richardson. I hope he gets better stuff than this. And he, he will get better stuff than this. But he, he has some comedic elements at points that I thought worked, but they just don't give him enough time to breathe as far as, or even really at the jokes enough time to breathe. So it's just a frustrating movie all around, and it's something that I really sit back here and think, I really wish I had my two and a half hours back on that. It was a waste of my time, and it's something that I will think about when my worst of list comes along. I, I really did not enjoy this at all. I'm going to be kind and give this an F because I liked uh, Sam Richardson. I liked Yvonne uh, Strahovski, uh, pardon me. And I liked uh, Mary Lynn uh, Roscoe, and I really liked uh, Mike Mitchell. So there were a couple elements in the film I enjoyed, but overall, when it's when it comes to sci-fi, it should not be hard to keep your audience engaged because pretty much anything's on the table. And Chris Pratt, you're a leading man. You need to keep my interest, and you weren't able to. So I really didn't like this at all. So yeah, F. Don't watch it. Even watching it at home, I went, yep, that was a waste. But The Tomorrow War, what did you think of it? Uh, have you seen it? I hope you haven't. Let us know in the comments. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at nearmanthefirst. 
And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube at The Real Pineapple, uh, Apple, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and TuneUp, to name a few spots. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games, so you know I'm going to be hopping on Twitch, which I'm hoping is going to happen sooner than later, but go ahead and like the page, and you'll be up to date on when that is going to happen. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. We're gonna have a review up here soon. I had a uh, uh, had a something going on with my my teeth, so I, I apologize for the uh, delay on reviews. But we're gonna have some reviews up here soon for uh, uh, for Luca, as well as for uh, Black Widow. Gonna have that review up this weekend. I'm really excited to review that, and along with some other stuff, including I'm gonna review uh, Top Gun here soon with. Uh, Nathan, my friend Nathan from Mission Potable. I'm really excited to talk Top Gun because I've only seen Top Gun once. So I want to actually sit down and watch uh, Top Gun before Top Gun Maverick. And of course, we'll have a review next weekend for Space Jam, A New Legacy, which we will see. (laughs) But everyone, thank you so much for listening. Take care of each other. Wear a mask. Get your COVID shot. If you haven't yet, please, for fuck's sake, get your COVID shot. And we'll talk to you soon.